Let's take our Bibles, please. This morning, turn to 1 Samuel chapter 17. 1 Samuel chapter 17 this morning. Of course, the story there of David and Goliath. 1 Samuel chapter 17. And if the Lord would help me this morning, I'd like to preach a message entitled, Faithful to the Cause. We know the story of David and Goliath inside out and backwards, but why? Why did David fight? Why was it so important that he would stand up for his God? And David would answer to his brother Eliab, is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? Faithful to the cause. 1 Samuel chapter 17, we'll read just a portion of this scripture. It's a long story, and we'll work our way through some of the other verses. But let's look in verse 20, just to refresh our minds on what is going on here with the battle of David and Goliath. All right. 1 Samuel chapter 17 Verse 20, and David rose up early in the morning and left the sheep with a keeper and took and went as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the trench as the host was going forth to the fight and shouted for the battle. Think about this young man, and we don't know how old he was, but it seems like he was likely just a teenager. Uh, Goliath called him uh, a ruddy youth, and we know that uh, Saul called him a youth. And we know that he was not old enough to go and join the army. He was still at home while the other brothers went off to fight war. And he was a keeper of the sheep. And his father, Jesse, went and gave him some bread and cheese and told him to go and see his brothers at the battle. And here's this young David, maybe 16, 17 years old, and shouting for the battle. It was something that excited him to see uh, the nation of Israel go to battle with a foreign nation. Verse 21, for Israel and the Philistines had put the battle in array, army against army. And David left his carriage in the hand of the keeper of the carriage and ran into the army and came and saluted his brethren. And as he talked with them, behold, there came up the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, out of the armies of the Philistines, and spake according to the same words, and David heard them. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were sore afraid. And the men of Israel said, Have ye seen this man that has come up? Surely to defy Israel is he come up, and it shall be that the man who killeth him, the king will enrich him with great riches, and will give him his daughter, and make his father's house free in Israel. David spake to the men that stood by him, saying, What shall be done to the man that killeth this Philistine and taketh away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And the people answered him after this matter, saying, So shall it be done to the man that killeth him. And Eliab, his eldest brother, heard When he spake unto the men, and Eliab's anger was kindled against David, and he said, Why camest thou down hither? And with whom hast thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know thy pride and the naughtiness of thine heart, for thou art come down, that thou mightest see the battle. And David said, What have I now done? Is there not a cause? And he turned from him toward another and spake after the same manner. And the people answered him again after the former manner. And when the words were heard which David spake, they rehearsed them before Saul, and he sent for him. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Help us, Lord, to draw from this scripture today, this passage of David standing for his God and for the people of God. 
Lord, I pray that you put a cause into our lives. Help us to understand that we work and serve and live for something much greater than ourselves. Lord, David had that understanding, that that grasp of the, the glory of God even as a young boy. We pray that you would just implant that in our hearts today and help us to be faithful to that cause. Lord, may it motivate us to do more for Christ than ever before. So, Father, speak to our hearts today. May the Spirit of God help us. I surrender to you and ask that you'd fill me. And may the Spirit of God teach each one of us. Lord, we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, the Bible says that David was a man after God's own heart. I'm not sure what it was if I were to put my finger on something and say, this is why David was called that. Why God had such a favor towards David. But I think it's more about the sum total of his life and character. For we know that David failed. He made mistakes. He sinned against God. He paid dearly for those sins. as He lost his firstborn child in a, because of an adulterous affair and murder. David was certainly, in our eyes, earthly speaking, he was what we might say, no saint. But in the eyes of God, he was a man after God's own heart. It's interesting that the Bible talks about in Hebrews chapter 11, it'll talk about David as being a hero of the faith. But if we were to look at his life, especially around the time of his affair with Bathsheba and the murder of Uriah, we would say, how could God put him into that chapter, Hebrews 11? How could God be pleased by his faith? How could God say he was a man after his own heart? Because Hebrews chapter 9 says, their sins will I remember no more. Even though David lived before the cross of Calvary, he experienced and understood the grace of God through his forgiving uh, power and the coming Savior, Jesus Christ, that would one day come and cleanse him from all of his sins. David had faith and he believed that God was able to save him. But we see even early on in David's life that David stood for something. Someone has said this, if we don't take, if we don't stand for anything, we will fall. Or if we don't stand for something, you will fall for anything. Well, that may be true, but I I believe that it might be better said this way. If you don't stand for the right things, then you will fall for anything. Here's the thing. We stand for a lot of things today that really don't matter in the grand scheme of things. But when we stand for biblical things and godly things and right things, then we're really standing for something. It's interesting who, we might say this, are you willing to die upon that hill? And what we are implying by that is really, are you willing to fight for that? It's really not all that important. But there are some biblical and right things that we ought to stand for. That we ought to make sure that we are uh, voicing or uh, rehearsing the voice of God. I wish that we could be considered in God's eyes the way that David was. People after God's own heart. But we have to resolve in our hearts today that we are going to take a stand for something. So notice the scriptures with me this morning and notice what it says in verse 29 or verse 28. The Bible says, And Eliab, his eldest brother, heard when he speak. What was David saying? David had come into this battle and he had seen uh, the battle and he was, the Bible says he shouted for the battle. It was something that was exciting for David. And I, I suppose men kind of like that kind of thing, don't they? We, we like the, the, the fighting. I don't know if any of you ever watch boxing. Does anybody like boxing? I, I don't know if that Paul says he likes boxing. He, him and Janet at home, they practice, you know. 
I, I don't know that, that that's a really good sport, but I mean, if it's on, I've seen it, I'll watch it. I used to watch wrestling when I was a kid. And they say that's not real, but I, I don't know. They jump off those top and land on somebody. That's going to hurt whether it's fake or not. I don't know. And uh, I, I like watching when, my, when Brendan was little, about six years old, Pastor Scott Shaw had a son about the same age, and we took him to the monster trucks. We went to the Sky Dome, or was it Rogers Center now, and they had filled, they put thousands and thousands of tons of dirt out there, and they crashed. And every time there was a big smash, those boys went wild. They loved to see those trucks. And the worse the accident, the better. They didn't worry about there was a guy inside that truck. They liked to see it flipping and rolling and, crawling and crushing that school bus. They crushed the school bus, drove over top of it. Men like that kind of thing, I guess. And David came to that battle, and he started shouting for the battle. He was excited. And as he was shouting for the battle and working his way towards his brethren, he came and he said, heard the voice of Goliath, and Goliath was calling out for somebody to face off against him. I think what Goliath was saying made a lot of sense. He was saying, why does everybody have to die? Why don't we just have a fight, man against man? And whoever wins, their army will have the victory. David thought, boy, that's, that's a good deal. He says, who is going to fight this man? And he put it this way. What does the man get when he defeats this uncircumcised Philistine? You see, in David's mind, it was, it was a done deal. David spoke in the past tense, and, and what is the reward for whoever beats this guy? This, this is nothing. And David began to speak, who is going to fight? Who is going to go? And Eliab, I believe in his fear, said to him, he says, I know why you came down here. I know the naughtiness of your heart and I know your pride. You came out to spy the battle. That's not why David came. David came because his father told him to go. And he told him to bring some food to his brethren. And yet, I'm sure David enjoyed what he saw. The Bible says he did shout for the battle. And David turned to his brother and said, what have I now done? Is there not a cause? In other words, it really doesn't matter why I came, but now that I'm here, I understand something. This is important. And we must stand for God. The Bible says he turned and he spoke to others that were there as well, and he said the same thing, and they all rehearsed what Eliab said. It says they said the former things. They just repeated to him, we know you're just a naughty little boy. We know the pride of your heart. You don't understand what these men are up here trying to do. You're just a boy. But David had something in his heart that a lot of men don't have. He had a purpose given to him by God, and he understood that there was a cause. You know, this cause that God puts in the heart of a man, we see it once in a while in the lives of people around us who are crusaders for things that we consider to be right. I appreciate so much those that are on the front lines fighting for the lives of unborn children. I appreciate those people. I appreciate those that are fighting for the sanctity of marriage in our country. Those are biblical and right causes. And understand this, somebody says, well, you're just homophobic. Listen, I'm not afraid. They've twisted that word. Homophobic means to be afraid of. We're not afraid. As a matter of fact, if we sit and talk to them, we'll be very kind. 
What do they need? They need Jesus Christ. Years ago, there was a lady in Hamilton that was having a very serious surgery, cancer. And uh, the funny thing is, is the quickest they could get her in was here in Simcoe. So they brought her from the cancer hospital in Hamilton and brought her to Simcoe. And I came down and, and I stayed at mom's place and, and went and had prayer with her that night. Then wanted to check on her the next morning. And she sur- was having surgery the next morning. And I sat with her son for hours. He was a homosexual. He said, didn't that scare you? No. I'm just saying, listen, we need to stand for the right things. We can be kind to people. We can love people. We can show them the love of Jesus Christ. But we still have to stand on biblical principles. We still have to be right. Listen to me. Listen. I read a book recently. Every world empire was destroyed because of homosexuality. The Romans... The Greeks, everybody. Doesn't mean we don't love people. What they need is Jesus Christ. We've normalized sinful behavior. And everything else behind it will come along next. Let's be very careful. I'm thankful for those who stand for biblical causes. The right things. Notice, David had a cause in his heart, and notice what it caused him to do. Number one, his enemy did not intimidate him. The rest of Israel was scared. The Bible says they fled from the voice of Goliath, and they would hide in shame and in fear when Goliath came out. One man... Oh, but he was a big man, Pastor. Yes, the Bible says he was six cubits in a span, which is about nine feet, nine inches tall. If you look at the basketball hoop over here, that's 10 feet. It's just three inches shorter than that basketball hoop. That's a tall man. I think the tallest man I've ever seen in my life was six foot 11. I was working in the grocery store in Port Dover, and I saw a guy in the next aisle, and he was walking by, and I thought, how can I see him in the next aisle? The aisles are about this high. And I ran around and I saw this giant of a man and he had a University of Washington leather coat on. It said University of Washington basketball. And I thought, I wonder who that is. I, that must be somebody. And sure enough, it was a player that played for the Cleveland Cavaliers and he was up here looking for a cottage or some property on the lake. Uh, it was a fellow by the name of Mark Eaton and he played in the NBA. He was a massive man and he wasn't just tall and skinny. He had big shoulders. I thought, wow, what a size. My wife and I were in the Detroit airport one time, and I went to get a pack of gum for her. She likes to chew gum to, to, so her ears will pop. And, and actually, it was, we were just dating. Mom and Dad were with us. And, uh, and I went up to the, the kiosk to get some gum, and there was this black leather jacket in front of me, a mass of a man. And the lady asked for an autograph, and when he turned around, it was George Foreman, the boxer. I mean, he was massive. These were just flies on the side of Goliath. These were small men compared to a man as tall as that basketball hoop. But think about this. He was facing off against an entire army and they were scared. Not only that, the army of Israel had God on their side. As David so happily pointed out, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he would blaspheme the name of our God? But David did not let his enemy intimidate him. We understand from verse 4 that the enemy is big. The Bible says he was six cubits in a span. The enemy is bold, brashly. Every day he would come out and he would challenge the people of Israel. The enemy is always ready to fight. The Bible says he came with a shield and a weaver's beam of a spear. 
He was a big man ready to fight. And friends, I want to tell you today that if you're going to take up the cause of God, there is a big enemy and a bold enemy and he's always ready to fight. But we must not let the enemy intimidate us. We must always stand for right. That's the difference in thinking something is right and having a cause in your heart that is right and biblical. You see, when God plants it in our heart, he gives us boldness and courage to stand. We see, secondly, not only did his enemies not intimidate him, his brothers did not discourage him. Think about this. The Bible says Eliab came to him and his brother heard he he rebuked him. and, And no doubt Eliab cared about his brother, but I don't think that's what was going on here. I think Eliab was embarrassed by him. And perhaps even Eliab feared what might happen to David if he fought the giant. Here's the truth. If you're going to stand for God, sometimes our biggest opponents are our brothers and sisters in Christ. It's sad. Sometimes the voice of God pricks our hearts and nobody else hears it. And we get thought of as crazy. They're out there. They're a little bit extreme. Why can't they just come to church and sit in the pew and sing the songs and listen to the sermon and have a good life and be a peaceable Christian without making all these ways? But friends, we need those who will stand for truth. We need them not just in the church house. We need them in our government. We need them in our police force. We need them in our firemen, in our uh, hospitals. We need them in our businesses, in our community. We need people that will stand for right and take a stand for truth and not let their brothers discourage them. If I could put a little challenge in your heart this morning, could I encourage you to do this? If you say, well, I, I just don't know if I have the courage or the boldness to stand for God like that, to step out with a cause in my heart and life, can I challenge you to this? At least don't be an Eliab. Don't be one that discourages somebody else who does. Be there to hold up their hands in prayer and to lift them up before God and do something that supports them. Notice thirdly about David, when you have a cause in your heart, listen, the enemy won't intimidate you and your brothers can't discourage you. But number three, his inexperience did not deter him. A lot of us would say, well, I'd like to do something, I just don't know how. Well, start somewhere. Do something. Saul reminded him of his youth. In verse 33, it says, And Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for thou art but a youth. And he a man of war from his youth. He says, David, you're too little. You're too young. You're you're not able to fight this man with all of his experience. Saul reminded him of his youth. His armor reminded him of his inexperience. Notice verse 38, and Saul armed David with his armor and he put a helmet of brass upon his head. Also, he armed him with a coat of mail and David girded his sword upon his armor and he essayed to go for he had not proved it. David said unto Saul, I cannot go with these for I have not proved them. And David put them off him. His inexperience did not deter him. Saul says, you're too young. The armor said, you have not proved these things. You know, Paul said to Timothy, let no man despise thy youth. We need to step out by faith. Think about this. Abraham was never spiritually prepared to sacrifice his son. 
He never went to Bible college and took that course, Sacrificing Your Son 101. He never, ever had gone down that path before. This, this Isaac was not the fifth or sixth son that he'd ever sacrificed. He had no experience in it. He could not draw on the strength of others. And yet he heard the voice of God and he stepped up by faith because God put a cause in his heart. You see, we don't always need the experience. We need to learn how to trust God. God sometimes calls the equipped, but sometimes he equips the called. We have to just believe that God, if God has called us, he's able to complete that which he started in us. Is that not a verse in the Bible? Is that not a verse in the Bible? Is it 1 Timothy? He will perform it under the day. He which began a good work in you shall complete it and perform it. We just need to trust God. And so he has called David. He's given him a cause in his heart. And David says, I'm not going to let the enemies discourage me. I'm not going to let my brothers discourage me. My inexperience will not deter me. I will go and fight the giant. By the way, Saul must have seen something in him, for he let him fight. They said, well, what does Saul have to lose? The nation of Israel. If David loses that battle... Israel becomes servants to the Philistines. But David had it in his heart and Saul saw it. Here's another thing. You know, when you have a cause in your heart, this is going to sound counterproductive. David didn't let his common sense get the best of him. Common sense would say, you can't fight that giant. Common sense would say, this doesn't... This just doesn't jive. We, you, you can't go into battle. You haven't proved the armor. You're young. You're small. The giant is huge. He's big. He's brash. He's bold. He's a man of war. And if we sat down and reasoned this out, but listen, when we sometimes, I'm all for, the Bible says we need to count the cost. One man goes to war without counting the cost. One man sits down to build a tower without first counting the cost. We understand how important it is to make sure that we are proper stewards of what God places in our hands. But understand this, there are times when God says go and we must step out by faith. We must believe. And David understood that because if he had sat down and looked at that giant and thought, Oh, no, he's too big. All the rest of Israel had done just that, and they fled at his voice. But David, all he wanted to know is, what do I get if I take the head off this uncircumcised Philistine? What is the reward? And the men said to him, well, you'll have Saul's daughter to be your wife. And he looked forward to the battle. You know, look at what it says in verse 34. And David said unto Saul, thy servant kept his father's sheep. And there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him and smote him and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he hath defied the armies of the living God. Boy, David was a man of courage. Let me ask you, if you were a shepherd and a lion came into the flock, what would you do? What would you do? Man, I'd be running. You'd say, well, what about the sheep? They better try to catch up. I'm telling you, I'm not messing with a lion, but David did. What about a bear? 
Well, a little black bear, you might try to scare him away, but not a grizzly. You better try to catch up again. I'm telling you, David was a man of courage. And he didn't stop and think with the lion or the bear or Goliath, well, what's the reasonable thing to do? The reasonable thing would have been to climb a tree somewhere and hide. But because God put a purpose in his heart and a cause for him to stand for Christ, he didn't let common sense get the best of him. But here's the most important thing. All of those things don't matter. Listen, all of those things don't matter if David goes and dies on the battlefield. He'd just be a martyr. But here's the most important thing. His God did not fail him. His God did not fail him. You see, when God puts a purpose in your heart, he's going to complete it. He's going to see it through to the end. If God commands it, he's going to equip you. He's going to take care of you. The cause that David spoke about was the honor and the glory of God of Israel. When David said, is there not a cause? He was not saying, I, I'm going to get a lot of glory for this. He's saying, no, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he would defy the armies of the living God? And then when he spoke to David or to Goliath, he said, let it be known that there's a God in Israel. And he fought for God's glory. David's God had created the world and David knew that God had delivered Noah in an ark and David knew that God had parted the Red Sea and delivered the Israelites. David's God had caused the walls of Jericho to fall. And so he says, is there not a cause? If I stand for God, he'll take care of me. He is able. Do you know that your God has done a lot since David as well? It was your God that was born of a virgin and born in a manger it was your God that walked among sinful men and was whipped and spat upon and beaten and crowned with thorns and nailed to a cross and paid the price for your sins. But praise God, on the third day, he arose from the grave. You serve a big God. Oh, let's not the world intimidate us. Let's not the world discourage Let's not our brothers discourage us. Every once in a while, we have to stop. And I, we're so good at reasoning away what God wants us to do. There are times we have to step up by faith and trust God. Don't let the world discourage you. Don't let your brothers discourage you. Don't, don't even let common sense try to get the best of you. Instead, trust a God who will not fail you. Now listen, is there not a cause? You better be sure that God has purposed it in your heart. To step out blindly doesn't help anybody. But if you know for a fact that God has put something in your heart, trust it and obey it. And believe that God will see you through. Let's have a word of prayer this morning. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Maybe there's some here today just struggling with their faith. Struggling with what to do next. What decisions to make. Can I tell you this? God has never failed. God will get you through. But you got to step out by faith and trust him. I think it was Daniel that sang a song a little while I'm holding to the unseen hand. Are you walking with him? Are you holding on to him? I don't believe David ever could have won that battle if he went in his own strength, with his own agenda, his own cause. But God had caused and purposed something in his heart. When he stood for the glory of God and in obedience to what God wanted him to do, he could never fail because God can never fail. 
Let's stand this morning with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. Maybe there's one here today. Say, Pastor, I've heard about this God, but I've never trusted him. I don't have a relationship with him. We can help you today. We sang this morning, I must go home by the way of the cross. There's no other way but this. It is Jesus himself that said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by me. We believe that. We believe what the Bible says about eternal life is through Jesus Christ. We can help you understand that today by showing you a Bible. Does anyone say, Pastor, I'm not sure I'm saved? I know I ask this pretty much every service. It's because I never want to stand before God and somebody say, why didn't I get one more chance? Why didn't I hear one more time? I went to that church one Sunday service. I was only there one time and the preacher never said anything about being saved. But is there one to say, today is that day. I need to be saved today. We'll let a lady with a lady, a man with a man show you what the Bible says about eternal life. We'd like to help you today. Maybe there's others that just need to pray and ask God, give me the faith of David. Give me the boldness to stand for what is right, but let's be careful and not make it about our own personal causes, but the causes of God. Bible things, spiritual things, not stuff we've just made up in our minds, but what God says is right. Right. 